2266. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Might see a little sun today, but it won't have much of a punch as far as warmth is concerned. The winds are really going to start kicking up today, and that could cause some blowing and drifting most definitely. We'll talk with Stumacher Ag Meteorologist in about 15 minutes. Hopefully he's got all the snow tallies from around our listing area from yesterday's event. Partly sunny today. It's going to be colder. 26 are expected high. Like I said, the winds could be gusting up to 20 miles an hour, hopefully diminishing a little bit this afternoon. Tonight will drop down to around 17. Tomorrow, cloudy skies, but we'll be up to 33 degrees. But as we warm up just that little bit, it means any precipitation we get will either be light snow or possibly freezing drizzle. Stu's got all the keys to our forecast coming up in just a little bit. And you know, uh, you got to remember, Wisconsin farmers are exposed to these elements. And when we have to constantly do battle with Mother Nature, I think it sometimes makes us question our own sanity. Beef producers have been asking a lot of extension experts, should they be changing their calving season? Should they move from spring to fall or maybe into summer? We're going to talk about that with Dr. Sandy Stutton from Taylor County after 5.30. At Compere Financial, we understand how challenging farming and this way of life can be. And we know you can't predict what the upcoming growing season will bring. So while there's nothing wrong with hoping for the best, preparing for everything is even better. That's why so many farmers look to us to help manage their risk and protect their investment with crop insurance coverage. Contact your local Compeer Financial crop insurance specialist before the March 15th sign-up deadline or visit us at Compeer.com. Compeer Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. The latest USDA crop production reports came out with the production numbers for every crop under the sun. And, of course, in Wisconsin, we grow a lot of crops. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the Longest Barn. And, Pam, when you look at uh, some of the crops in Wisconsin last year, some did better than others. Well, I'll tell you what, Bobby, if you want to talk to, we talk a lot about how dairy producers, corn growers, everybody's suffering with poor market conditions. You start a conversation with a Wisconsin potato grower and uh, hear what they have to say about 2018. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. I'd heard kind of rumors of this conversation last week when the Wisconsin potato and vegetable growers got together for their annual convention in uh, Stevens Point. Thomas Houlihan's the executive director of that group. He's headquartered up in Anago and he says, yeah, 2018 will go down in the record books as one of the worst in Wisconsin potato production history. And he says, despite that situation, when growers came together in Stevens Point, uh, they put a little bit of a smile on their face and an optimistic look at what's coming up in 2019. Houlihan also explains what they're still dealing with as far as ramifications from a lousy growing season in 2018. Most folks by now have heard that the 2018 Wisconsin potato growing season was one of the most challenging in the history of our state. In fact, in simple terms, it was the worst year we've ever had in terms of, you know, the growing conditions throughout the season. We had a horrific frost that came in October that pretty much wiped out 10% of the crop. And in some cases, it was a much bigger number for an individual grower um, in certain areas. And so in spite of all that, these guys are optimistic. I mean, I was amazed at, at the fortitude shown by our growers. Um, it, it was really refreshing to see so many of them take a glass-half-full approach, as well as, uh, you know, there was nothing we could do about it, so we just have to live to fight another day, and they're looking forward to the next growing season. And let's talk about that, because uh, despite the fact that we've got snow on the ground, our growers are still managing through the 2018 crop. 
Talk to me about the challenges and the ultimate quality issues our Wisconsin potato growers specifically are working with right now. Yeah, as I said, it was a, a really difficult growing season. Um, we got hit with a two-foot snowfall in the middle of April, which is right when most of our growers are getting ready to plant their potatoes. And so that interrupted the planting season, and it, it stayed wet well into May. And so we were probably two weeks behind planting season in Wisconsin. And then we had a heat wave arrive right around Memorial Day weekend, and temperatures were above 90 degrees for several days, and that heat stunted the crop. I mean, anything that had just emerged emerged had gotten burned off. And so in some cases, growers even had to replant. In other cases, the crop rebounded, but it was still uh, stunted. And then we got more wet weather in June, a couple of very heavy rain events. And that was followed by a drought in July. The whole month of July, we hardly got any rain. And then we had a very hot August and overnight temperatures would stay in the 60s and 70s, which prevents normal tuber bulking. The potatoes really like cool temperatures at night. And then to top it all off, we got heavy rains in late August. And this wet weather uh, combined with some high temperatures in the major production areas in September caused a delay in harvest. So we were way behind in harvest. And then we continued to get rain, and then we got several nights of below freezing temperatures, and this led to a very severe frost event on October 12th, and then another really hard frost on October 19th. And so several thousand acres of potatoes were left in the ground. And there are continuing concerns with how our crop that was harvested will hold up in storage, and it's primarily due to all that rainfall. I mean, we had a lot of wet potatoes. When we finally were able to dig, some of them were too cold. Um, in some cases, growers dug back in September when it was probably too hot, and so we really had the gamut of problems with getting this crop out of the ground, and so we're still seeing some issues in storage, and we won't really know until probably late spring how this crop, you know, ultimately does. But um, suffice it to say, it was extremely challenging. We're still fighting through some of the issues, but these growers show, you know, great optimism, great fortitude. They're terrific managers, and so they worked really hard to get a lot of the problem potatoes out of the storages and into the market right away before they had a chance to break down. Mm -hmm. And so that, that was kind of their strategy is anything that looks like it could be a potential problem to store, we're going to ship it now and let folks eat them while they're still good sure. and then keep our best potatoes in storage and hopefully they'll hold up through the spring and even into early summer. Now explain, Tamis, what those farmers are forced to do if those potatoes start to spoil on them in storage. I mean, they are trying to save uh, a meager crop at best. Explain what growers have been doing to try to mitigate the problem on their farm. Well, once they start breaking down, they've got to get them out so it doesn't spread throughout the pile of potatoes. And there are a couple of dehydration companies that will take very bad potatoes. I mean, potatoes that are, you know, 80, 90% rotten, the dehydrators can still take them and turn them into flakes. And I think that's mostly turning into dog food. There's a, a plant in Coloma, and there's one in Plover, and there's one in Wisconsin Rapids. And so the dehydrators have been taking a lot of the problem potatoes and fortunately salvaging a little bit of money for our growers um, by turning it into pet food. 
Interesting. And uh, I also understand from talking with growers, a lot of them are forced to land spread them back out on fields. Uh, That can be an answer and also create more concerns, can't it? Yes, yes. In some cases um, where there's just too many potatoes to take to a dehydrator, they can land spread them. But that, like you said, can really cause some problems the following spring with what we call volunteers. Sometimes they'll just start growing, and you don't want them. But we've also been, I guess, fortunate with some of the severe cold weather to just completely freeze things. I mean, it's also helped with some of the insect pressure that we might be facing this spring because the the severe cold temperatures have killed off any bugs and any bacteria that might still be sitting out in those fields. So that was a good thing. Getting any indication then on what 2019 uh, is going to hold in store? Like you said, it's wonderful to hear that they're looking at the glass half full. Uh, talk to me a little bit about 2019, the pricing forecast that uh, growers are sensing with their contractors and uh, any other factors that they already know they're going to have to work around for 2019, Tamas. Yeah, I mean, it's not a great price year for some of the alternative crops. I think the potato market will be strong. I mean, there were a lot of regions that had difficulties, just like Wisconsin. I mean, I know North Dakota and Minnesota and Michigan went through a similar weather pattern where they had significant portions of their crop affected. And so when you have a nationwide decline like that, it kind of boosts the prices for the potatoes that are salvageable and that that you do see in the grocery store. So our growers are optimistic on the potato pricing, but I do think we still are looking at low prices for corn, And the processing crop contracts for peas and beans and sweet corn are not particularly attractive. They're they're really kind of a break-even at best type of contract. Our growers will sign them because they really don't have any other alternatives. I know a few guys are looking at hemp, and I know soybeans are still an option. But those are not lucrative uh, crops. And so the growers have counted on making money on potatoes, and really, it makes up for the other two or three rotational crops that they raise. Um, if they can break even on the, the other crops, they usually make enough on the potato crop to keep their farms solvent. Um, and I do think the price for potatoes will be good. I mean, anyone who has some potatoes to sell in you know March, April, May will will and should make pretty good money on those potatoes. And so, again, our growers are optimistic. They're looking forward to another year. The year we just had was really 1 in 50. I mean, there were old-timers who said, I never saw a year as bad as 2018. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Wisconsin's potato growers have different sectors. Uh, Some are for the chip industry, some are for the fries, some are for the, you know, the fresh table. Are we getting a sense, anybody planning on switching from one area of the industry to another area, Tamas, we also have valuable seed potato producers. Any concerns? Like you said, we're getting smaller and smaller numbers as far as growers on bigger and bigger acres. Any fluctuation in the segments of that industry? Well, I will tell you that more and more of our growers are getting diversified. And so a lot of our growers who were traditional fresh market growers maybe do a little bit on the side with chips and maybe have a few for the French fry process market. We do have a company that has made strong inroads in Wisconsin called the Little Potato Company, 
down in DeForest, Wisconsin, just north of Madison. And more and more of our growers are starting to grow these specialty uh, fingerling-type potatoes for the Little Potato Company. And so that's added another sector to our industry. And, and those contracts have been, been very good. And that part of the industry is extremely healthy. Thomas Houlihan, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Potato and Vegetable Growers Association, headquartered up in Anago. Now for the rest of the segments of our potato producing industry, namely the seed potatoes, etc. He says there's not much change as far as who's producing what for those particular sectors. And he said they're all hoping for a better 2019 than what they survived in 2018. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Attorney John Rihala with Clifford and Rihala. At Clifford and Rihala, we have the experience you need to help you after any kind of collision. We help people who have been seriously injured, ranging from pedestrians hit crossing the street, people rear-ended by semi-trucks, to victims of drunk driver crashes. No matter how you've been injured, our experienced and skilled attorneys will help you get your maximum recovery. And very importantly, we also know how to protect that recovery. At Clifford and Rihala, we understand that many issues can come up after a settlement is reached. If those issues aren't handled carefully, an injury victim can lose money. Don't let that happen to you. Call Clifford and Rihala. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. 57 Facet Diamond has been around since Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone. They're beautiful, and Kessler's sells a lot of them. More than anyone in Wisconsin. I'm Monica Kessler. But Alexander Graham Bell never imagined cell phones. Just like the jewelers of yesterday never imagined the Kessler 81 Diamond. 81 windows, not just 57. And every one of those windows is a lighthouse. Shooting beams of light across the room. Delivering hope for tomorrow. And encouragement for today. Your one-carat Kessler 81 Created Diamond. Or your one-carat Princess Cut Created Diamond. Mounted in white gold. The definitive engagement ring. The classic solitaire. Is yours for just $3,500. For one carat? Other stores would sell this ring for twice that price. Welcome to Kessler's. And congratulations on your engagement. Find the Kessler's Diamonds nearest you at Kessler'sDiamonds.com. And now, a woman who knows beans and oats and corn. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 520 on a Wednesday morning. It's a little bit more manageable out there this morning. That's the good news. Uh, But uh, temperatures, they are going to be uh, changing, that is for sure. And uh, let's talk a little bit about what's coming our way weather-wise. Stumach, Ag Meteorologist, picking up the phone for us this morning. Yeah, buddy. Uh, How much snow do you think you ended up with in your front yard? Oh, I think it had to be somewhere around five, six inches. I've got a couple of, of official totals, believe it or not, and they both say they're records for Madison at 5.7 inches, and the cross yesterday was 7.6 inches of snow. Both of those daytime or daily snow records for this, uh, yeah, middle part of February. Now, today is going to be a little bit quieter. That low-pressure system is moving away. It's pulled up northeast of lower Michigan already, 
and as it pulls away, it's taking snow with it. A few flurries still around southern and eastern Wisconsin, not going to last too long. Just a few snowflakes to get the day started, otherwise it's going to end. And through the day, we actually stand a better chance to brighten up. Having a little sunshine break through, that's all going to be fantastic. And the temperatures stay mild, but the next low will zip in out of the northwest, even cross through Wisconsin tomorrow on its way back to the northeast and may account for a little precipitation, a little light rain in the south, or a few snowflakes Thursday, probably in the afternoon or into Thursday night, not going to accumulate to much of anything, an inch or less, but it will bring around some cooler air, so it stays fairly mild yet today, and even into the day Thursday, well above normal, but we cool it off then for Friday and the weekend, not much precipitation threat after that. Another small system may account for a little light snow Saturday night into Sunday or even lingering to Monday, but not going to accumulate to much of anything. Like I said about this one coming around even for tomorrow, an inch or so, that could be a big one out of it. But temperatures remain cooler than normal right through the weekend into early next week. I'll have forecast details right after this. Celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's a grassroots organization of people just like you and me who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau can also qualify you for a number of money-saving member benefits that include discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. Become a member today at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual is excited to announce the Rural Mutual Farm Dividend Program. The first of its kind in the state. They know how hard you work, so they want to reward you. Rural Mutual's Farm Dividend Program rewards farmers for their loyalty and dedication with up to a 5% dividend. And since Rural Mutual only does business in Wisconsin, premiums paid here stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. To learn more about Rural Mutual's Farm Dividend Program and how you may qualify, please contact a rural agent or visit RuralMutual.com. All righty, buddy, give me some more details on what we got to prepare ourselves for today. Definitely looks a lot more manageable than yesterday. Oh, absolutely. You may actually want to find your sunglasses as you head toward the afternoon. Uh, a little flurry activity in the south and east early on, and more likely we are going to see some sunshine break on through. Partly sunny west, mostly sunny east, but all in all, brightening up and not a bad day. Mid-20s for highs. But still breezy, a little blowing and drifting. West winds 5 to 15. They'll even gust around 30. Overnight, mostly cloudy, not all that cool. We hold down at coldest at about 20. Temps may even rise in eastern Wisconsin before daybreak. Southwest winds 5 to 10, becoming southerly. Mostly cloudy then as we make our way on toward Thursday. Light snow, maybe some light rain in the afternoon, especially in the southeast. I expect the daytime high in the mid and upper 30s, 36 or 37 in southern Wisconsin. South winds at 5 to 10 becoming west late. Back to some sunshine Friday. But like I said, cooling for the weekend. Upper teens on Friday, Pam, northwest winds 5 to 15, low 20s into Saturday. It's going to be just a little bit cooler. Yeah, it looks like it. Very good. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, with those weather details. Okay, now around the state of Wisconsin this morning, uh, we've got La Crosse with cloudy skies sitting at 14 degrees. Mauston, cloudy and 18 degrees. Madison at the airport, cloudy and 16 degrees. Fond Lac and Oshkosh, you're the warmest of the bunch. You've got overcast skies, and you're sitting at 19 degrees. But uh, like we said, at least... Uh, 
at least the temperatures are not as bitter as they were the last time we had a weather incident. Now, coming up after 5.30, we are going to be talking a little bit on what this weather may make you do. If you're a beef producer and this is your calving season, you may question your sanity with this weather. Talking about it with Dr. Sandy Stutton from Taylor County after 5.30. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Everybody always says, you know, oh, someday I would like to whatever, and you never do. It's like you think someday, someday, and then just decided someday is going to be now. Some of my happiest patients are those that have had children and are trying to get their pre-pregnancy body back. I have given birth to two babies. One of them was a vertical incision C-section, so I was left with this big scar in my stomach and then, you know, just the extra fat that comes with having a baby there. I had it done because I had such a hard time fitting into pants. It would fit me in the legs, but I couldn't find something that was comfortable in the waist. Dr. Thomas Bartell focuses his practice exclusively on below-the-neckline cosmetic surgery procedures. That's his specialty. I think it's great. It's perfectly flat. There's no more flab down there. My pants fit well. I think it looks amazing. Call Dr. Thomas Bartell to schedule a free consultation. And to see actual before and after results, go to his website, drbartell.com. I didn't really want to screw up, and I wanted to make sure she got the ring she wanted. We went online and like looked at rings. There were a bunch of places in Madison and Middleton, and Chalmers Jewelers was actually the most highly rated one on the website. We didn't want to go to any chain, so Chalmers Jewelers was actually the perfect place for us to check out. I pulled out the ring, and she was very surprised. Engagement rings, wedding bands, custom-made at Chalmers Jewelers, all one of a kind. I've been a customer of Chalmers Jewelers ever since they started. My recent trip to Chalmers Jewelers was with my daughter-in-law. I wanted her to get a recommendation from Chalmers Jewelers. And so I went in there with her just to make sure everything got done and help her and talk her through the process. She gets compliments on her wedding ring because it was the clarity of the diamond. When she shows her diamond and people say, wow, is that a nice diamond? I can see it sparkling from across the room. Those are the type of comments you get when you have quality jewelry. That's why I always recommend Chalmers Jewelers, quite frankly. Some people don't mind taking a risk. Like the guy who thinks he can squeeze one more mile out of the fuel tank but runs out of gas. Or taking a giant swig out of an expired jug of milk. The one thing you don't want to take a chance on is your water heater going out. If it's over 12 years old, you might think about calling Benjamin Plumbing. They'll let you know if you're due for a replacement. And they only install top brand water heaters. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Wacky water heater? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. The largest video arcade in Wisconsin is right here in Madison. Geeks Mania Arcade and Family Entertainment Center. All the video games and pinball machines you love are waiting for you. Unleash your geek at Geeks Mania. Birthdays are great at Geeks Mania Arcade with group discounts and a free comic for the birthday boy or girl. New video games and pinball machines arrive almost every week. Geeks Mania Arcade. Odana Road across from Rust Era, where geeks rule. New at Geeks Mania. Air hockey, pool tables, cosmetrons, and House of Dead 3. Geeks Mania Arcade. Odana Road, the largest video arcade in Wisconsin. 
Because Farm is in our name, you know that we care about the health and well-being of your animals. We carry an unbeatable selection of superior quality bulk feed, as well as probiotics, dewormers, buckets, blankets, bedding, and more. Everything you need to keep your animals healthy and feeling their best. Feed your livestock the smart way with a Balin Country sheeted heavy-duty bale feeder. Its S-shaped bar dividers help save hay, priced at $359.99. Save $20 on a three-block mineral feeder from Balin Country. Its self-closing cover keeps out moisture and dirt. On sale, $109.99. And stock up on 50-pound bags of Waukesha SureTread Barn Line. It's $179 a bag. For superior bulk feeds and livestock supplies, trust the animal experts at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Press for time? Use our drive through service and leave the heavy lifting to us. Just drive up, place your order, and we'll have you loaded up and on your way in no time. That's genuine value. From Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1955. I got a $5,000 signing bonus to join Santa Max. It was a no-brainer. I'm a CDL Class A truck driver for Santa Max. Home every day and no weekends. Santa Max is hiring CDL Class A truck drivers with experience to join the DeForest Third Shift team. Quarterly bonuses and a $5,000 signing bonus. Great pay, great company, and a $5,000 signing bonus. I made the move to Santa Max. It was a no-brainer. Apply online at SantaMax.com. S-A-N-I Max. Apply at SantaMax.com your takeaways on Saturday. Uh, I said this to Evo earlier. I mean, like you always root for your team to win and you always are disappointed when they lost. But in the grand scheme of things, when, when you look at how it's a 30 plus game season and there's ebbs and flows, tough to really be too hard on the Badgers for what happened Saturday in Ann Arbor. Yeah. I mean, like we were talking about, they Michigan's won 20 some in a row or something like that. Now 21, I think in a row at Chrysler arena, tough place to play. Um, it's not like you did horrible. Uh, you shot 40% from the field, 33% of three pointers. Uh, I mean, over two from the free throw line. I mean, that's not saying much. I mean, you need to get to the free throw line. I don't understand how this team can't do that. It, it literally, they have stopped being able to get to the free throw line. There's some possessions. I'm like, just drive. Yeah. Go to, Attack the rat. And it's like they'd rather just put up a three than even try. I mean, and I understand the NBA has moved that way, but those guys also are making all of those uh, threes. So, uh, I mean, I'd like to see the swing become more of the true swing, especially with a team like this. by the way. Yeah. And I'd like to see, yes. It used to be where you had a mismatch of a guard who could drive the lane and make a move on a big guy and get around him. And now the only person who seems to be able to do that uh, is Ethan Happ and Reavers. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, the guy's got to be wide open under the basket to be able to even make Dude, a layup. There was something in the second half where Wisconsin could not hit one-foot bunnies, like right there, yeah. right by the basket. It, it was just a, it was a Mason's convention out there. I mean— Ethan Happ doubling up both uh, Davison and Reavers as your leading scorer. N- nobody else had double digits. Yeah. Well, um, Ethan Happ and his foul trouble, too, which some of those falls were just so yeah. asinine on it, Ethan Happ. It's, but it's, he didn't play. Like, there was a time in the second half um, where it was there's was a stretch. There's like a six minute stretch when Ethan Happ was sitting on the bench, eight minutes, something, something in the six to eight minute stretch where you're like, okay, I don't care if Ethan Happ is in the game at the end because I don't need his free throws. Put him in now in these crucial moments when it feels like the game's slipping away. 
let him do his thing to you know because when he was not on the floor for a while, the the offense just looked so right inept. And I mean, the thing with that is, it's a tough place to well, play, though. Right, but still, that shouldn't make it so you look like you're you're back to like when Dick Bennett was coaching and your defense was great, but your offense would go on like. Eight minute scoring droughts. Yeah, there's there's no reason for that, and I mean we've seen these guys be able to make these shots. We've seen them uh, be able to step up and do that. Now whether it's a Chrysler Arena sight lines are bad for them or whatnot, I don't know. I've never been there, but it's almost inexplicable, and it, it can't be that bad if you're making forty percent from the field. Uh, it, it's not that bad. It's just there's a like you said, there's a portion in there where it's almost like a lid was on the, the hoop, and it was just like, well... That, I was like, what's happening? Yeah. How can you not get this ball? Like, <laughs> uh, it um, it starts looking like a, a YMCA game between third graders, where it's just throw it up and see what happens. I mean, it was a good game at the end of the day, though. There's that little dry spell without Ethan Happ on the court, I think, kind of doomed him. Yeah. But, um, you know, and I want to get to this throughout the show too and throughout the week I'm gonna I'm I'm trying to do so much investigating Brad Davison took a clear cut charge no call whatsoever I mean and we've talked la- about sitting it on the ground. it's never happened he's sitting on the ground he's like why can't I get this call and all of Twitter is saying like when it's an obvious charge but everyone hates you and there's a picture of Brad Davison like pouting on the floor yeah. he didn't get the call it is clear cut from the NCAA and the refs that they will not call a charge for Brad Davison yeah. they won't do it you, you take it five could be the in most a game obvious thing ever they won't do it you take five in a game with maybe two of them being questionable that could have gone either way and all of a sudden well this kid isn't that good we ever can't since, give him that I'm telling respect. you ever since the NC State game when when Bomani Jones and all those idiots on ESPN yeah. were going out calling calling Brad Davidson not a basketball player and looking like the bunch of fools that they are yeah. on ESPN bunch of idiots he's a thug apparently he a guy who takes charges is sense. a thug and when you see it a clear cut charge and even the announcers even people are like I don't know how that's not a charge yeah the officials are going out of their way not to call a game correctly. At it's, that point, it's mind-blowing. At that point, as the head coach, you have to start chirping for your guy. The, the, and I don't obvious. see guard it's doing clear. that. And unless he's doing it with his arms crossed and, you know, a little under the breath, be like, hey, can, can we get some help on that? Like I, I need to see you get in a guy's face, get as red as Bo Ryan used to get to, and get your guy that call. He'll never- this is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 535 now on a Wednesday morning coming up before 6 o'clock. Rod Hebring, CEO of Compure Financials, got some good news for the farms that work with them. They're kicking back a big chunk of change to the farms around Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Illinois via dividends. He'll give us the numbers and explain the payout that's coming up in just a little bit. So on this day back in 1948, finally an item that actually relates to the farm show. On this date, back in 1948, the potato growers of Wisconsin were actually recognized by the Secretary of State. Their Articles of Incorporation were accepted. They had their first regular meeting of the Wisconsin Potato Growers in Stevens Point on March 20th, 1948. But today is the day their Articles of Incorporation as the Potato Growers of Wisconsin were recognized. And now you know, I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Wednesday. So, I can't help but kind of giggle at uh, this story. I want to bring to you a conversation I had with Dr. Sandy Stutton. Sandy is an ag agent up in Taylor County, and she's been fielding questions from a lot of cattle producers about this wild Wisconsin weather and whether or not they should change their calving seasons. 
Some folks calve in the fall, other folks calve in the spring, some even try it in the summer. What's your guidelines? How do you make those decisions? And do you have to remind yourself it's winter in Wisconsin? Sandy Stutton says the first thing you have to do is recognize uh, there is an issue that you've got to deal with right now. Think about the elephant in the room. What is the big problem that you really feel the urge to change or you need to change it because of? Identify that and maybe you can fix that without actually moving the season. Mm -hmm. Maybe you just need some kind of shelter. Maybe you need to manage the mud on your area. So that means you need to get a bulldozer and some fill, Mm -hmm. some... um, pointers from some resource people so you can get good slope plots and you don't really have to move the whole date around you can just try to fix the big items that you can control mm-hmm. what's a sign that i better address my calving intervals you know I, i've been yeah. talking to people that are complaining about the weather now yeah. because they're calving what do i have to take a look at uh as far as decision making what am i doing wrong you can look at some of the benchmarks for what determines a successful calving season. Success is determined that 96% of your herd freshens when, they, when you think right. they're going right. to. Success is that you wean a certain percentage and they're healthy. And yeah. success is they're not all dying in the right. first 10 days. Right. If, calves, if you have a lot of calf sickness at less than 10 days of age, yeah. that is a problem in the maternity area. And your mud or your season could be contributing to that. Do we have more than two seasons that we can consider, Sandy? Do we have to take a look at something uh, later in spring? Are we are we pushing the boundaries a little bit more today on what a cabin season can be? I think it's wide open. You can pick any month and make it work for you. Um, as I explained to some of the people in the room today, those of you who are selling registered breeding stock, mm-hmm. you need to have breed animals bred, pregnant animals or breeding bulls available for that spring market and that kind of locks you into the fact that you're going to calve in the winter because they hit puberty and they're ready to go and if you want to hit that spring market a year and a half to two years from now you're looking at a winter calving right if you're just a commercial guy with doing cow calf for to in order to get feeders or in order right. to get fi- finishers you could be calving in june Mm-hmm. or July. Mm-hmm. And I had some people from the presentation today tell me that they actually started to calve in August and September and it's working better for their lifestyle. Right. So right. it's all about your cost of production. Right, right. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. If I have a market that's looking for cattle, looking right. for finished beef all year long, then I can, right. the sky's the limit. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, when we talk about these evaluations and that, is anybody doing it any different outside of Wisconsin? Our weather is not unique. Our, our market is not unique. Have you seen anybody else that's doing something a little different, Sandy, that you've shared with these folks? Mm, I couldn't say that I've personally seen. What I'm hearing about is maybe a little bit more confinement, mm. a little bit more putting up a barn yeah. and trying to take control of it that yeah. way. But that's all about ventilation. You can trade one problem for another if you don't put the barn up right and stock it right and bed it correctly. So it's the management, the, the decision, the date to choose for calving is a huge management. It opens the whole can for what you're doing all year round. And I'm guessing you don't want us making rash decisions during no. a polar vortex. No, and every whatever month you pick, we have crap every month of the year. And so pick your poison. How do you plan for Plan B? Mm-hmm. How much money do you invest to cover mm-hmm. all of your bad things? Well, it's all about risk. Yeah. 
You just have to have plan B there and plan C for basic. How I'm going to provide for comfort and food out to those animals. Dr. Sandy Stutton, she's the ag agent up in Taylor County. And like she said, because of the weather we've had, the bizarre blizzard last April and the bone chilling temperatures we've experienced this winter, a lot of beef producers questioning when they should be calving. And now she says, just take those elements into consideration, the elements of management, not the elements of weather as much. Coming up on 541. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. We know how challenging and rewarding farming and this way of life can be. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. And as a cooperative, our member owners understand this firsthand through benefits like our patronage program, which gives profits back to member owners. Learn more at Compeer.com. Trademarks of Compeer Financial and Equal Credit Opportunity Lender. So you think you're ready for Wisconsin weather. Well, let me remind you, Madison averages 43 inches of snow per year and 35 inches of rain. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee here for my friends at McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street, right there in the heart of Sauk City, just off Highway 12, where everything is all under one roof. Boy, is that convenient when it comes to Wisconsin weather and making sure that your ride is safe. Now, remember, McFarland's takes care of all of your rides, whether it's autos, pickup trucks, large trucks, farm tractors, but it doesn't stop there. Bicycles, snowblowers, garden tractors, and RTVs. Listen, if you're depending on your ride and those tires, you should depend on McFarland's. And as always, service all under one roof in the auto and tire shop. Stop on by today and make sure your ride's safe for Wisconsin roadways. McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. 542 on the clock. Well, markets in overnight electronic trade after a really good gain yesterday for corn and beans. A little bit more quiet overnight. Right now, March corn's down a quarter of a cent. December corn down a quarter at 401 and three quarters. March soybeans overnight down a penny. November beans right now down a penny and a quarter at 958 and three quarters. March wheat, that's up a half. July new crop currently unchanged, 522 a bushel. Barrel cheese yesterday gained a penny at 141 and a quarter. 40 pound block cheese unchanged at 156. The double A butter that dropped a penny and a half to two twenty five and a half. Now the fluid milk currently marches down three cents at fourteen eighty two. April milk that's up a nickel fourteen ninety a hundred weight. Our weather outside might be frightful, but Alaska will be delightful come August, and that's where we're headed for our next farm tour. August 20th through September 1st, we are going by land, sea, and air. We're going to start in Seattle, take a cruise up to Ketchikan, Juneau, Skagway, then on to the Alaskan Railroad from Skagway towards Fairbanks, and then we'll motor coach it down into the Denali National Park, back down towards Anchorage, Palmer, take in the Alaska State Fair. Find details now on my website, fabulousfarmbabe.net. All right, dividends going back to clientele for Compere Financial. Details coming up. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. If you've been injured in a bad crash, you might think the facts are so clear that you don't need an attorney. Big mistake. Insurance companies have many arguments to reduce settlements, no matter how clear the claim may seem. I'm John Rihala. At Clifford & Rihala, we have the experience you need to take on those arguments and win. 
Recent example. A young woman was driving when an oncoming car crossed the center line and crashed into her head-on. She was severely injured and paralyzed and needed experienced lawyers. Though her case seemed clear, the insurance companies still came up with lots of reasons why they didn't want to pay. We fought for her and made sure she and her family received the full compensation they deserved. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hard-working, skilled attorneys, fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's a grassroots organization of people just like you and me who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau can also qualify you for a number of money-saving member benefits that include discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. Become a member today at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. When their employees live where you live, that's Wisconsin Strong. When they support the local community by giving back, that's Wisconsin Strong. When your insurance premiums stay here, that's keeping Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual has been voted one of the top 50 insurance companies in the nation for auto, home, business, and farm insurance for the 10th year in a row. Their local agents and local employees make us Wisconsin Strong. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. A lady who knows overalls are fashionable every season. Aren't you taking this a bit far? The fabulous farm babe, Pam Yonke. Hopefully some good news coming to those farm families that work with our friends from Compure Financial. Time for a quick update on what's happening in agribusiness news brought to you by Compure Financial. Joining us today, CEO Rod Hebrink. Uh, Rod, you and I had talked about the potential for this announcement at the end of 2018. The board of directors, which are all farmers of Compure Financial, has decided that they want to share some of their member patronage back with these stressed farming operations. And the number is not small. No, that's right, Pam. Uh, The board decided to go ahead and increase our patronage for the year by about 40%. So in total, we will be paying out $152 million to the stockholders of Compure across Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Illinois. And the first $52 million of that is being distributed this week, and that's from allocations from prior to our merger, July 1st of 17. Now, I ask this repeatedly of you, Rod. I think there's people that may get nervous. Why so much money going back to farms? I mean, they're glad to have it, but does it at all weaken the financial stability of Compure Financial with these kinds of distributions? No, absolutely not. And in fact, the financial strength of Compere is one of the reasons that we're in a position to pay this level of patronage. I'd, I'd point back to several things. First of all, we had a very strong year in 2018. Uh, you'll, you'll be seeing that. I'm not supposed to report on the earnings until they come out and are officially blessed by the auditors, but we had a very strong year. And part of that is a direct result of the merger. We told our stockholders at the time that We'd save about $15 million a year from, from direct expenses, and that happened and, and came through in our results. We shared with stockholders that by getting a more diverse portfolio across the three states, that would stabilize and strengthen the earnings and allow us to pay more patronage over time, and that has happened, and that's, that's a part of, of being able to increase our patronage payments. And then finally, uh, it's just the overall financial strength of the organization and a recognition that we're in a partnership with our farm clients. And as they go through some challenging economic periods here, we want to do what we can to 
help them through that and, and increasing the patronage payments that we're making in the distributions is a part of that commitment and partnership that we have with our clients and stockholders. I always like to point back to the fact that Compure Financial is a cooperative. That, again, is one of the reasons why you see these patronage dividends going right back to the farm. What if I'm a fairly young client, a fairly new client for Compure? Will I share in these benefits too, Ron? Well, absolutely. And, and the distributions come in two forms. Uh, this first one being made in February is from, it, it depends on which of the organizations you came from. So it could be as, as patronage as old as 2010 in parts of our territory and as new as 2016 in other parts of our territory. But those are from prior year's allocations. And then around August 1st of this year, we'll be stri- distributing $100 million, and that will be from cash patronage directly attributable to the business that clients did with us in 2018. And so it doesn't matter whether you're a young farmer and are just new to the organization in 2000. 17 or 18 or have been with us for many, many years, all of the stockholders will be a part of those distributions. In fact, we're making distributions to about 35,000 farmers across our three states. Now, we mentioned earlier about the financial stability of Compure Financial. Uh, This does not happen, although your board of directors obviously approved it. You still had a vetting process that you needed to go through before you could actually start uh, distribution, correct, Rod? Well, yes, and that links back to your question about the financial strength of the organization. Ultimately, that's the board's number one job, is they have a fiduciary responsibility through the stockholders to make sure that Compere Financial is in a very solid financial position. So they see the financial statements every month, not only the earnings, uh, which is really important, but also in a financial institution, the quality of the portfolio that we have on our books, because that's going to drive things for this coming year and in years to come. And, and uh, the, the good news is is that although agriculture has uh, gone through some challenging times, farmers overall have had a lot of staying power. Now, that's not to suggest that they're not feeling some pain. They are, and, and particularly in some sectors such as dairy. Uh, but the quality of the portfolio is still very strong, and so the board evaluated that and felt very comfortable with increasing the level of, of patronage payments. And the other reason why, knowing that you've got a good, solid uh, base for all of your portfolios, uh, Compure Financial goes to the open marketplace, shall we say. There are other investors that keep an eye on the portfolio strength uh, as investors in our farmer's future. Well, you are well informed, Pam. The, uh, the, and that's one of the reasons that we have a patronage program, because from time to time, Clients or stockholders may say, well, if you're going to pay out this money anyway, why don't you just lower my rate in advance? But that links directly back to the in, the investors that, who purchase the bonds that we use to, to fund the loans. Uh, they need to know and see solid financial performance, and we should be able to perform as an organization and, and have financial metrics that are similar to other financial institutions, other lending entities, uh, and then that demonstrates and provides confidence to the investors in the financial stability of the organization and allows us to borrow our funds at a lower rate and pass that through to our stockholders. And so, so we have to generate those earnings up front, and then we can turn around and, uh, and repay our clients, our stockholders, through the patronage dividend process that, that's part of the cooperative model. Rod Hebrinks, along with us, the CEO of Compure Financial. 
$52 million in patronage dividends on its way back to their farmer cooperative members. In Wisconsin, that's more than 9,000 member owners, more than $11 million that our farms will see just in Wisconsin, speaking to the strength and diversity of Compure Financial in Illinois, Minnesota, as well as Wisconsin. Rod, talk to me a little bit. When you're out, uh, this is that time of the year, winter meeting season, etc., what are you hearing from other ag lenders, not necessarily in the farm credit system? Uh, could be uh, commercial lenders from different areas of the country. What are they talking about? I'm guessing many of them cannot boast of being able to pay back uh, patronage dividends. Well, no, that that is clearly a part of the cooperative model, and we hope is one thing that differentiates us in the marketplace. But I, I think the the conversation about what's happening in agriculture right now is, is very, very similar, uh, concern over the income levels for agriculture, and that has been compounded in Wisconsin on the dairy side. Although we have some optimism with the, with the trade solutions or the trade situation being resolved, but we also have some optimism on dairy with the, the milk marketing programs that were part of, of the new farm bill. So, but it, it's concern, and it's concern about the staying power of, of farmers. It's concerned about Will collateral values, land values, other things ultimately be affected? And again, so far through this through this process, and I don't want to um, understate the the impact on individual situations, but for agriculture as a whole, uh, the staying power has, has been remarkably strong. Collateral values, land values have held up uh, very very well across the Upper Midwest. Not that there hasn't been some declines, but it it is a uh, been pretty stable overall, and it's primarily farmers who continue to purchase farmland um, across the Midwest. Yep, we are committed. Very good. Well, Rod, congratulations, and thank you for bringing us some good news in this frigid February that we've been experiencing. Rod Hebrink, again, CEO, $52 million, and like we said, Rod, uh, it's coming to hopefully a farm account near you soon. Yes, it is. It's on the way, Pam. Good deal. Rod Hebrink, CEO of Compure Financial, along with us, bringing us that good news. Like we said, $52 million in member patronage dividends going back out to farm country. In Wisconsin alone, that's 49 Wisconsin counties, more than 9,000 member owners that will receive more than $11 million. And like we said, the first installment of that money coming in February. This good news update from the financial scene brought to you by our friends from Compure Financial. Want to find out more on how you can become a member of that financial